Ready. Sorry, I thought. Oh, is that my song? <laughs> so you didn't I recognize your song? Oh my gosh. Did it though? <laughs> my gosh. I didn't. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Rainy Days with Tabs. I'm your host, Tabitha. You made me lose my train of thought. I'm your host, Tabitha, and it's such a pleasure to have you here today. This episode is super, uber special, primarily because it's my first episode of season two. I've done a year of rainy days. We're doing seasons now, and they come in years. Jeez. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I know. God. Yeah, I just, I just didn't get the blast email, so. It was in my last episode. Was it? Yeah. Wow, that kind of puts me on blast. We can see who wasn't listening. Snitching on myself. I mean, <laughs> the individual you hear talking already, already just talking. I didn't uh, get to introduce you yet. I, I'm a talkative person. This is why I'm here. <laughs> this is, don't this what you do on the podcast? Talk? Oh, Look at that. Is, is Whitney? Yes, it is I, Whitney. Whitney Ellis, to be exact. Wood like the material, knee like the body part. Please do not call me Whitney. I hate that. I hate that. Wood, you said wood like the tear in your knee? Wood like the body part. No, wood like the material, knee like the body part. Why the tear in my knee? What? I don't know. I was trying to make sense of that. You said it really fast. <sighs> ain't no sense to be made of that one. Okay. You ain't got to do me like that. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I am doing this episode with Whitney primarily because we were supposed to do this episode. Literally a year ago. What? No. Yeah, see, all right, when was it then? It was literally like July. Okay. That's like a year in my in my terms. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is at some point in time you slid in my DMs. Dang. Wow. <laughs> Incrimination. Not like that though. Nah, be emotional damage. It's already done. Stop. <laughs> Not like that. He actually had a lot of questions, follow-up questions regarding my episodes. And I remember just saying, we were talking about this earlier, I said, okay, yeah, no problem. He, has, he was like, I have a couple questions. I said, yeah, sure. And he goes on and he asks me multiple questions that weren't even just like the two simple questions I thought you were going to ask. Yeah, I'm very inquisitive. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just make it into an episode. Yeah. Time fast forward. Uh, July didn't happen the way we wanted to. No. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. And yeah. I thought it was perfect because it's been a year. I'm sure many of the questions that you may have, my listeners may have as well. Mm -hmm. And I felt like Whitney would probably be the best person to ask. <laughs> Not the like, best. Oh, I don't God. know if you heard like his personality is very like in your face. I don't know about in your face. I will let you know that I am there. <laughs> and yes. I would not let you ignore that fact. That's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. So... Um, I'm going to give the episode over to him. All right. So this episode is uh, going to be, we're going to be playing a game of 20 questions, a game that we kind of pre-planned for. Uh, I'm going to let you guys know now. I'm going to ask her 20 questions, but she doesn't really know what these 20 questions are. So all her answers are not scripted, just in case you guys want to know that. Um, I'm not the best interviewer. I am a great personality, though. So I will try. Yes. To uh, press her as much as you guys will find entertaining and also informative. Uh, but I'm not going to push her too hard. I promise. It makes me so nervous. Does it make you nervous? Yes. You should be. You're under interrogation. Tell me the truth. <laughs> 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 
Yo, we played so much. Yes. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so let's begin the questions. Question number one. How old are you now, and how has your perspective on dating evolved over the past seven years? You know, what's interesting is the question, the way I would have answered that question back in July compared to the way I would answer it today is different. That's not even seven years. That's a few months. Oh, my goodness. It's insane. But I am now, as of this episode, it is the 15th of January. I am 25. Mm Mm-hmm. In 10 more days, I'm going to be 26. I'm really excited. Mm. Um, I view dating so much more differently now. What do you mean different? How how do you mean different? I mean in the sense of like, I think I lived in this fairy tale land of like what it was supposed to be. And it was always just other people's idea of dating that kind of, not even other people's ideas, but like how I grew up. Like they view dating as like you date one person and then you get married instead of just like exploring different relationships, getting to know people. And in the midst of that, getting to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that in some aspects of it, I still didn't understand what dating was until recently. I listened to a podcast um, by the men of magic Mike not magic mike listen they had some they had some words of wisdom did they yes okay uh, i'll take your word for it they even they was even dropping bible verses in there mm. i know it mm. did make me cringe a little bit <laughs> but it was still nice but basically the advice that they gave mm. was that in the beginning when you meet someone you shouldn't actually be dating someone like boyfriend and girlfriend until you know them okay like your dating stage should be, you should be dating someone you know. Let the talking stage be where you're getting to know the person. Are you telling people to date their friends? Yeah. Wow. Initially, that's what they were saying. They were saying that you should be friends with this person. You should have a friendship. Um, and then let that go to dating if that's the avenue that it takes. So for all you guys who are in the friend zone thinking you are too far gone, <laughs> you may just be the closest to dating that I'm you've ever been. You. So yeah, have hope and hold on. Yes, seriously. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and it makes sense because I've always heard about like people having long lasting relationships and they say, of course, you know, you always hear about the communication aspect, but they also say, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. You better. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a, it's so important. I don't think we realize how important friendships are. And so my view of dating has definitely changed. I think I was a little like naive and just I had this one perception of dating and now I feel like I have another and I'm sure it still might change. Like you said, like it's only been a couple months and I feel like I feel differently. Mm. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I felt even more differently like at another point in time yeah yeah. you're only in your early 20s so i would imagine it would change if it hadn't changed i would be like "Ooh, red flag city no you know what you mentioned being in my early 20s and i think that was another thing that kind of like a light bulb that went off for me i was trying i don't know what in the world possessed me to think that i needed to get married at 25 (laughs) insane there are people who do it there are people who do it even younger there are people who do it and it works for them yeah it's not working for me. Yeah. And it's not only not working for me because anybody trying to lock it down, 
But also, (laughs) it's not working for me because I realized, wow, I'm not as prepared for marriage as I thought. Ooh, wow. Okay. That's a different perspective. I did not see that twist coming. Yes, because if someone were, like, I get, even thinking about it, if I were to meet someone tomorrow and he's like, okay, I want to marry you next year, that would terrify me. Because I would feel like, wait, 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 I'm still young. I still have like, I still have the rest of my twenties. Do you do you think marriage will will end your life? No, <laughs> I'm still young. Just... God, wait, don't marry me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just more so the aspects of being single. What about being single? Like just to be single in your twenties. It's it's to be single is to be oh it's to be acceptably like okay to be selfish. <laughs> right. Yeah, but once you're married, you you're are doing no marriage longer. the right way. Right. Yeah. That selfishness goes out the window. Yeah, no more And it's just, it was, for me, it was realizing that, what do you mean I gotta be, I gotta be, I gotta, I can only be selfish within this year? Like, it's just in the aspect of if I met someone today type yeah. of thing. Yeah, So it's just realizing that I, I think I want I want more years to be selfish, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, And so that was interesting to me. I didn't, I don't think I ever realized that I wasn't really ready to, to be selfish. I thought I did, and it was definitely from you know external pressures and just like family and stuff. But I'm happy I figured that out. Good, I'm happy you did too. Yeah. So I, I know you said uh, you know w- people should date their friends. So mm-hmm. ne- the next question is what What do you think about the idea that young adults, uh, especially those in college, should invest more in like their friendships? Oh, it's so important. It's so important. I mean, I I'm still in contact even with like my friends from college. Mm-hmm. And I think about days when I lived, you know, in Tampa and I was living at the USF, like college apartments, and I was just going through whatever I had to go through, whatever life slung my way. And just knowing, knowing that I had them as support systems, like my cousins lived about 30 minutes away from me. And so my friends at the time were my close family. They mm-hmm. were the they were the support I I didn't know I needed at the time, but was just so crucial. Right. And so I think it's so important to just have a network of people that you can lean on. Mm. Me and you always talk about how big community is. Yeah. And I think huge. I didn't realize how much of a community I was lacking until I moved down here. I never felt like I was missing out on community because I had them. Yeah. Um, it's not until I moved back here, you know, most of my friends most of the friendships that I had no longer exist. Okay. Um, and so it's been, and then when I came, it was the middle, literally the beginning of Corona. And so I hadn't didn't, wasn't going to church, couldn't find a church that I actually liked. And so it was just difficult to like find a group of people that I liked mm. and I could vibe with. Um, ultimately until I started like salsa classes and you started making salsa. Yeah, with chips. Sounds delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta watch that acid, folks. No, no, don't want that GERD acid reflux. (laughs) No, like salsa dances. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. I was just, I was joking. I was joking. Yes, but it's very important. I think we kind of overlook how important community is, and I know you're always grilling me about it. And so, yeah, community is super vital. Um, uh, the the next question I want to ask you is because well, when it comes to community. Uh, you know, scientifically proven um, based on our psychosocial stage of development. Uh, when you're from 18 years old all the way up until 30, I believe, 
I think I, don't quote me on this. You guys could Google this psychosocial uh, psychosocial stages of development. I think we're in isolation versus intimacy, or intimacy versus isolation. However, they put that, and that means basically, are you forming friendships or not? Mm. Are you forming friendships, intimacy, or are you staying isolated or not? Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's the most important psychosocial uh, goal for you at this age, and for a long time, from eighteen to thirty is a long time. So yeah. if that's if that's the most important thing for you right now, I I think in your twenties, it and this is just science, uh, it's incredibly important, almost imperative to your stage of life and to your living yeah. for you to pursue friendships. And so, what are you doing personally to pursue friendships in your own life? Okay, so other than you know, starting the salsa classes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, but I have to be honest. Originally, when I started salsa, it wasn't to meet new people, right? Because I'm naturally an introvert with extroverted tendencies. Introvert, introvert, people, introverted people still need, still need community. I'm just, they do wanna, still need community. Just at a lesser. They do need it at a lesser, um, like a lesser. But the need is quantity. still there. The need is still there. <laughs> Absolutely, the need yeah. is still there, and the need was being filled. Okay, with salsa and chips. No, the need was being filled with my close friends at the time. So like I was still able, you know, to stay in contact with them via phone. The need wasn't being filled the way it needed to because they weren't physically here. Okay. All right. That's, that's understandable. C- couldn't be me. You know, I got to see my friends. Right. It was, yeah. I, yeah. At some point in time, it was just like, okay, yeah, like I need to like meet new people but i didn't join salsa for that i mean i think the people that i met kind of came as a consequence of salsa not a consequence but just like as an added bonus of salsa and even in those moments i still did not have to interact with them i could have literally done salsa and gone home yeah but instead whenever they go out dancing i'm like you know let me push myself let me go and i end up having a great time awesome and it's it's been really good it's been really nice to just even connect with them I remember you also mentioning that you were, uh, you personally desired <laughs> to one day be married to a black man. Do you feel like you're ever going to be open to dating someone who's not black? Yes. No. Why not? Or why? <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I got a little sidetracked for a second there. Did you now? I did. I like lost myself. <laughs> Please, would you like to share with the class? <laughs> no, <laughs> she no, said no. no. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I definitely did have a perception of what I would want my husband to look like for a long time. Hmm. Okay. And I wanted him to be black. Black Black black. man. Black man. Mm. You know? Uh, Chocolate. Wow. Not mulatto. She wanted chocolate. I wanted chocolate. Chocolate. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Um, And then... Okay. (laughs) I realized that... He could be the chocolatist of the chocolatist. Oh, coffee. Hold the leche. Okay. Yes. And still treat me like crap. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Like it didn't, I, it came to, I came to realize like that didn't matter. Like the color of his skin. Right. Shouldn't matter. All right, Martin Luther King. Yeah, I know. Right. It should be the contents of their character. Exactamundo. Yes. And, um, I realized like, man, like he could look good on the outside, but be trash on the inside. I think. 
it was definitely nice to experience dating someone that was outside of my culture. Right. To show me that. And to make me, to, it allowed me to think differently. It allowed me to realize that, no, girl, like, as long as he loves the Lord and wants to serve you as a wife, that's all, that's all you could ever ask for. So you, you did date outside of your race before? I did. How was that like? It was pleasantly good. Pleasantly pleasant? Goodly good? Is pretty much, you said all three of those, but. I know. But, <laughs> it's it's it was, okay. Describe it was, that. What do you mean? What do you mean pleasant? actually surpassed my own my own understanding it was you mean your own expectations my own expectations okay i feel like yeah it didn't even meet them it surpassed them it made me realize that people of all different races like have something to offer okay and you know not saying like that i have to spend the rest of my life with this person but it was just really nice to like see a different a different side that i was missing right um, this person happened to be Hispaniol. Oh, okay. Probably met him while making salsa. <laughs> mm. No, no, no. <laughs> but, um, I didn't realize, I think I had heard that Hispanic men are very, like, good with their words and they're very, like, seducing. I think they, they call it picante. Oh. She said, oh, <laughs> picante. they call it? <laughs> but, yes, this person was very seducing not seducing with his words like seducing to bed but like it was it was smooth you know, mucho suave smooth, very um he knew how to use his words to evict an emotion that was positive from me oh wow what I know a, that. look at wow, that that's that's poetic i know wow oh, but right. it was that's what it felt like mm-hmm. so yeah that was nice and i'm sure men of all different other colors could do the same of course yeah it just depends on whether the person is really feeling you like whether the person really has an attraction to you and if they want you mm. and so when it comes to your religion uh we know you're not shy about <laughs> the fact that you're, you're a christian and you love jesus love right the lord. Yeah, yeah you love the lord so what is it like being a christian young woman who's also haitian um because I, I know there may be times where uh culture and what's biblically true they, they kind of clash sometimes. And so when, when things get blurry, what is that like for you? It's always interesting. And I just kind of go back to like my foundation, which is God's word. Um, I can think of so many different instances. And I thought about one because I saw a thread on social media this week. And basically what it said was like when um, a Haitian person, <laughs> the it's like the the tendency to say, your manger when a Haitian person dies. I have never in my life heard that. So your manger basically means they ate him. And that's typically signifying like voodoo, like your point, like they um, did some voodoo to this person to make them die. Well, usually in America it means cannibalism, but go on. Yeah, no, not a cannibalism, but it can be. Ooh, it yikes. Happens. But, um, yeah, like this person could not have just died because it was their time to go. Like someone had to have done something to them in order for them to die. And that's that's a very Haitian thing. And I don't know why. And I, I mean, I do know why. A lot of it is definitely rooted in just um, how uh, well-practiced voodoo is in Haiti. Mm. It's practiced everywhere, but... Um, they know we're going to die anyway, right? I mean, yeah. We, we all going to die at some point. But I, it's just, I don't know. It's just something that they say. And so whenever things like that happen, it could be that or even just, you know, the story about my grandmother, my mom's, my mom's mother, my mom's grandmother, 
and the whole panties thing and her. Oh yeah, yeah, we remember that episode. (laughs) Oh god. And just you know, little things like that that you're kind of like, no, no. I my belief is nothing's going to happen to me without God's permission, and if God permits it. What can I do? Let it be so. Let it be so. But I don't believe in giving culture a higher priority than God. It just, it, it's never meshed for me, and I don't think it ever will. Like, I, I do understand how important culture influences play. Like, there's certain times when I, like, listen to, like, L'Evangile, like, Contique, like, Haitian songs, and I just, I just, I'm in it. Cause like all the words like are so relatable to me and it's not even like my first language, but I just don't believe in putting culture before God. Like if it's going to mix, I want it to mix well. Right. Okay. And not be contradictory. Yeah. Yeah. So just know guys, we, we, we can't avoid death for those who are, who are thinking maybe I could avoid death. And three things you can never <laughs> avoid death, taxes and conflict. Deal with it, guys. Conflict. That's a new one. Oh, no, bro. Yeah. Conflict will be everywhere. No matter where you go. If you live, you're going to even you, you'll even have inner conflict. So even if you live by yourself, and you never talk to anybody. You will have an inner conflict That's at some point one. or another. That's yeah. Point, yeah. You can't escape conflict no matter what. And so would you consider your podcast to be uh, a ministry? Why or why not? I want to say no. Okay. Only because when you put ministry on something, it just seems so heavy. Okay. I want them to. That's why, like, when it comes to, like, when it came to, like, labeling what my podcast would be under, under, like, for Apple and Podbean and all these different streaming platforms, Mm -hmm. I selected personal journals. Personal journals. Okay. Yes. There was an option to select Christianity. Oh, wow. But I didn't want that. Because I didn't want people to think, oh, only if you're Christian, you can listen to this. Right. No, I am a young woman who is in her 20s mm-hmm. that is navigating through life. And yes, I lean on God a lot. And if you relate to that, great. But if you just relate to the other aspects of me being a young woman in her 20s, then you'll relate to that as well. I just wanted right. it to I wanted it to be a come for all. Um, and so I don't look at it as a ministry. I don't. Um, I know like my Christian brothers and sisters would love to call it a ministry. I've even, I've even had like a review that was like, I thank God for your ministry. And I'm like, oh, it, <laughs> it made me cringe. Cause I'm like, no, that sounds like a, a lot ministry. of pressure. So I'll, yeah, no is my answer. Okay. No would be your answer. Okay. So my next question is, uh, what's your all time favorite verse in the Bible and why? Wow. Gotta be, gotta go with my little arsenal like my mind open up the arsenal i'm telling you scrolling through the mental rolodex okay <laughs> i wish i had like my phone i could like read it to you 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 could oh, do you know the address of this verse it is psalm 130 okay and i like that verse well i like that psalm because there's parts of it that says um yeah, so it's not even just one verse. It's like, it's a psalm. I like it because it said, um, if you kept the record of wrong, who could stand? Mm. And I always love that because it just reminded me that God loves me and he literally keeps no record. And when I ask for forgiveness, it's like, it's there. Mm. And so 
I love that verse, and um, I wish I could remember it right now, but you can't put me on the spot, so I feel like... Nah, you're good. Oh, you're my good. God. What I told you, this say? is unscripted. <laughs> She's not prepared for any of these questions, yo. But yes, I liked it because it said, you know, if you kept a record of wrong, who could stand? And that God will constantly fight for me, and you guys can read Psalm 130 on your own, but I've always referred to that verse whenever I was feeling, like, down or just needed some, like encouragement and just remembering that God is like literally on my side. He's on my corner. Yeah. It's always a nice verse for me to read. Mm. You have a favorite book in the Bible you want to, you want to share? Oh, I love, I love two. Two. Okay. We'll give it two. So I love the book of Ecclesiastes. Okay. Why? It's such a real book. It's like no fluff book. It's one of those like, it's a rainy day book. Oh, wow. She did not use like the it. Bible to promote her podcast. <laughs> it is a She rainy did, day folks. Book. She did. Yeah. Shameless plug. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it is a rainy day book. And it, it is because the way that Solomon talks about life, it's so real. Um, and so I think that's what I like. I love about that book. It's just, it's so, it's so authentic to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, my second book is be numbers. I like them both equally, by the way. Numbers is a nice book other than all the names in the beginning that I kind of don't read. I like it for the stories. The stories are super scandalous. <laughs> messy, messy, messy. They are scandalous. <laughs> it just like, I don't know if anybody tells me like reading the Bible is boring. It's like you're reading the wrong part. Right. Right. And you're not, you're not into it because there are some stories in there that I'm just like, Oh my goodness. I cannot believe this is happening. It's just drama, drama, drama. And I yes. think numbers is definitely the book of drama. Yeah. See that, that, that is very true. People, people think the book, the, the Bible is like a book of perfect people with Jesus included. It is not. Jesus is the only perfect person in that book throughout the front and the back or yes. all the way through beginning to end. He's the only perfect one. Everybody else in that book, very imperfect, very, very imperfect. And yes. you will read it on those pages. See for yourself, <laughs> pick it up, <laughs> go, maybe start in numbers since, yeah, you know, Miss Messy over here want to direct you guys <laughs> towards the drive. Yes, there's so much drama in numbers. I love it. Man, so I I remember uh, I remember on one of your earlier episodes, uh, you shared your thoughts on the news about uh, Ravi Ravi Zacharias. Uh, you you mentioned that you were working on trying to compartmentalize what you thought about his like words and his preachings and how it made you feel. Uh, could you give us an update on what that's been like and how that looks for you? And you could give us a refresher on what that is for those who don't know about Ravi Zacharias or have never heard of him. Yeah. So um, Ravi was an apologist. What's um, an apologist? Does he apologize to everyone? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Basically, um, someone that brings the word to you, like he helps you back up your faith. Right? Okay. And so you're able to read the word. He's able to bring you to like texts in the word of God that backs up your faith. And that basically helps you to defend your faith. Oh, he was a good preacher then. He was really excellent. Mm. Ooh, I hate saying it because it makes me like cringe a little bit. But he was. That, that's the part. I don't think I've dealt with it then. Yeah. Not yeah, that see, I'm You're still dealing with it. Yeah, I'm it is still, still undone. With it. it is still undone. Yeah, because I'm just like, I was actually thinking about it last week. I was thinking about it. I was like, I would love to just listen to a Ravi Zacharias, you know, message right now. And I just can't even bring myself to it. All right. What? what, did, what so for those who don't know, what did Ravi 
Well, okay. what, what made you come about this whole different perspective on him? Yes. So Ravi, um, once again, was an apologist. So he would go around preaching and just helping defend. He was helping defend the faith, which is so ironic when you think about it. Mm. But um, uh, unfortunately, what, well, he would go and have massages, right? You would think, oh, he's a preacher man. He's just tired. He wants to go have a massage. Unfortunately, when he would go have a massage, he would go to these Asian places and he would have these women fill up on him. Like, it wasn't just like a massage. It was like a one-two pump. Yikes. And he was filling up on them. And it was just, it wasn't. Oh, was it like consensual? No, I don't think he wanted, I don't think these women wanted to be filled up on. Oh, wow. So all of it was like non-consensual stuff? Apparently so. I mean, if they were going, like if they were like, you know, coming out with it and there was an official report about it and these women are saying like, this made me uncomfortable. I don't think it was consensual at that point. Um, And so, yeah, this happened and it came out and he happened to die before all of this came out. Well, actually... So it came out a couple years. He debunked it, buried it, basically paid these people off for them to be quiet. And then it came up again um, after he had died. They had this beautiful ceremony for him. I mean, I'm sitting on the couch watching the ceremony on TV, crying, not knowing all of this that this um, man had did. And it's very unfortunate because, you know, that's what I think about now is just the scandal and not how powerful his words were. I, I hope I can get to a point one day, though, where I'm able to listen to his sermons and just kind of compartmentalize this individual. Because at the end of the day, like, he did have powerful reasons behind why he believed in God. And, you know, he was an Indian man. Like, he didn't have to believe in God. Right. Um, and just the fact that he got to that place. And I'm sure his words are still very impactful to this day. I just... I don't know if I'm there yet to um, listen to him and just, I mean, I'm a woman. So I I think, I think about these women. I just think like, I feel betrayed. Yeah. It was, it was easy for, for everybody to feel betrayed, but this should, this should let you and and everybody else know. Um, Anybody who preaches the word of God is still a man, just like everybody in the book of the Bible outside of Jesus is not perfect. You you don't follow a man. You don't even follow or commit yourself to a church. You you follow Jesus if you choose to do so. Um, and yeah. so I, I really think that this was another fine example on how people will always be people, but Jesus is not like that. <laughs> and I don't want incidents like Robbie or incidents like, you know, other examples of church hurt that people may have gone through in the past right. to paint Jesus in a light or in a way that he's not supposed to be. Right. right yeah. Right. So don't don't let those imperfect well, imperfect people with all their brokenness right. uh, taint your view of Jesus. And also um, have some grace, have some grace. Like you're just like they're imperfect. You're imperfect too. Right. Just like tablets imperfect. So am I. Right. And we just have different imperfections and we could all be like patient with one another, knowing that we have different weaknesses and uh, different struggles, but struggles and weaknesses nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And so Ravi's may have been, you know, more out there and more hurtful to a a bigger community. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that I try to like focus in and hone in on to kind of change my perspective just a little bit is that like his sins were on display. Right. Right. Yours are behind the closet. Nobody knows about that. So it's so quick. You're so quick to just be like, 
mm, I should have known better. What about you? <laughs> and so I just like just because it's not being seen doesn't mean it's not being done. And I think it's just it's trying to like get back into that. And yeah, you do like when it's someone that proclaims. And that's another reason why I just realized another reason why I don't want would not want to call rainy days a ministry. I don't want anyone putting me on a pedestal. Yeah. I don't want anyone feeling like I'm better than thou. No. Breaking news. Rainy days with tabs is coming for your throat. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I just, I don't want to be, I don't want, I just want to be a simple, humble servant, just living my life. Living my life like it's going to. Yes. And just letting people in. You know, every once in a while, sharing other people's stories that are impactful. But I don't even want to call it a ministry because there is a level of responsibility that comes along with that. And truthfully, no one is prepared to deal with that. We do it because, you know, they there's many people that do it and they push through and they're, they're, they walk away, you know, without having a scandal like that on their back. Praise God. But it is not an easy, it's not an easy task. It's not, it's not easy. No, it's not. So one of the last questions I want to ask you for uh, this portion is as far as New Year's go, what are some uh, New Year's goals that you have? I know most people are allergic to the word resolution because (laughs) statistics show that 92% of New Year's resolutions don't make it past February, if that. (laughs) So you got any New Year's goals? I do have some. Mm -hmm. Um, Some I'm not ready to share yet. Okay. However, I would have to say for rainy days, my my New Year's goals. Oh, she almost used the word. I did. I had to catch <laughs> myself. Um, was It's definitely to have more individuals on the podcast that would be impactful. I know you guys love hearing me talk. I know you love it. But um, there's more people that have gone through other things yeah. that I have not even touched the surface on. And... But however, you've gone through them. And right. I feel like it's be, it would be really nice for you to hear their stories. I mean, the point of rainy days is just for you to find someone to relate to. And I have to be honest with myself. You won't always be able to relate to me. And that's OK, uh, because I don't even think I would be prepared to go through half of the stuff that many of my listeners go through. Right. And so it'd be nice to have other individuals that have gone through those things and that can give wise counsel. Right. So that's definitely my goal for. Um, rainy days and just in term from myself uh, to just be to be nicer to myself okay I always we always relate the first Corinthians um, verse of love is kind love is patient to another human being but I don't think we ever relate it to ourselves okay am I patient with myself am I kind with myself and I think I want to um, love on myself a little bit more uh, this year those are some good goals those yeah. are some good goals yeah. yeah well that concludes it for this portion of uh 20 questions with tabs and although you may not always be able to relate always it's 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 a good time to listen so uh <laughs> as we sign off i just want you guys to always remember it doesn't rain always but it's raining today so go stand in the rain yes <laughs> <laughs>